start with this, and oh. then boop a doo doo. What the hell is this stuff? What is this? In a market this hot, an unsellable home needs the twins. Win win, twin win. They turn lifeless listings into pure profit. We got it. All new unsellable houses tonight at nine on HGTV. Do you suffer from home buyer's remorse? We hate it. Meet HGTV's newest team that turns your oops into oh my. This is so not our house. In all new, why the heck did I buy this house? Wednesday night at nine on HGTV. Our confident forever plan is possible with a CFP professional. A CFP professional can help you build a complete financial plan. Visit letsmakeaplan.org to find your CFP professional. Fight fleas and ticks with Seresto. Eight months continuous protection against fleas and ticks. It's effective and vet recommended. Seresto. Learn more at seresto.com. We live in a world of texture. And Sombrella fabrics are made to handle all the textures of life. And these moments turn into memories that last, just like our outdoor fabrics. It's still the Eat Fresh Refresh and Subway's refreshing their Italians. So we're taking this to Italy. Refresh. Because Subway now has Italian-style capicola on the new matzo meat and supreme meats. Love the smell of Italian food. Subway keeps refreshing and refreshing. Febreze Unstoppable's Touch Fabric Spray. Just shake and spray to unlock touch-activated scent technology. Hours or even days later, enjoy bursts of freshness with every touch. For long-lasting freshness, grab Febreze Touch. Never be afraid of your strength, because your body is capable of amazing things. Own your strength and see how far it takes you. Tonal, be your strongest. This is the hardest thing we'll probably ever have to go through. St. Jude has given us transportation, treatment. To know that we don't have bills, they take every other stress off of your shoulders. Do you have a box of videotapes, film reels, or photos that are degrading? Legacy Box professionally converts them to DVDs, thumb drive, or the cloud. Legacy Box is simple and safe, with over a million satisfied customers. Visit LegacyBox.com. Get ready to make Now's the time to order the Ford vehicle you really want. Built from the ground up with your choice of colors, wheels, and other available features. Plus, when you build and order a vehicle, get an additional $1,000 bonus cash on top of all public offers. And you can also lock in your deal right now. And if at the time of delivery the deal gets better, you get the better deal. That's Ford's Incentive Protection Program. So, build and order your select Ford vehicle, get $1,000 bonus cash, and lock in your incentives. See your Southeast Michigan Ford dealer today. I saw something last night. It freaked me out. I was sent to find you. My planet is dying. Earth is on the same trajectory. Can you help me? They know what you are. This is how we all survive.
And good morning to everyone and welcome to the Christian Women Empowerment which uh, show, which is a St. Petersburg Global Ministries. This is your host, Ms. Diane Winbush, and we thank you so much for being with us on today. We have a stunning guest that's in the show. She has been with us about two or three times prior on our audio podcast, and she's going to be uh, talking to us about victorious living. Now, when it comes to victorious living, sometimes people feel that success is a bad word, it's dirty, you know, we should, the saints don't supposed to be, you know, uh, uh, have money. We're supposed to have long dresses on, hair pulled back. No, 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 no. Christians can be able to live a successful life. And she's also got a very powerful point that she's going to bring to you also after we get a little bit more information about her, because this is a new platform for her on our streaming live video um, platform. So, you know, as, as I stated, and I was telling someone, I think on our last show back here last month, that um, <laughs> there were entrepreneurs from the beginning, okay? But uh, cultures, different cultures, such as ours, African-American, we broke down the stigmatism after the slavery effect and caused us to go backwards into the fact that we do not supposed to have what God says we're supposed to have. So be able to um, help us to be able to understand a little bit more about that. We welcome to the show this morning, author. She's an actor and she's also a, a coach and she's a, a, guess what? A five-star all-around woman actually. And she's a mother and a wife. And so we want to welcome and a mother, guess what? Of two pandemic twins. Guess what? See Two, two. Everybody's talking about those pan pandemic twins. Let's welcome <laughs> to the show, Nakia Young. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me, Pastor Diane. Are you a pastor? I just feel like I am. I am, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you thank so you much. Thank you for having me. You are so, so very welcome. Then her husband is also in the background as well. And so we also want to reverence him as well. We don't like to overlook anyone, especially if the, if the, oh, I called him a pastor too. Uh-oh. <laughs> All right now. It uh, might have been a slip up and it uh, might not have been. I don't okay, know. Okay, that's what I'm saying. You just never know. Thank you. Uh, she kind of on both sides. Thank you, God. Hey. So um, we he's here too, but he's in the background. But we want to welcome the husband and the wife to the show on today. So, Nikia, tell us a little bit about you. Let's get started with you. And, you know, you got all of these fascinating titles and topics and things like that. And then you also use them in a Christian way as well to be able to help women also. Oh, thank you very much. So, yes, I... The funny thing about everything that you mentioned that I do, I do a lot, y'all. <laughs> I'm not doing as much now since, you know, I have littles, but my mama's still getting some things done. Mm -hmm. But the funny part about all of this is the bulk of this stuff I did not start doing until like 2008 okay, or so. Mm -hmm. um, just, it was, a, and I'll talk about it more a little later, but it was just, 2007 going into 2008 the new year I was writing down my new year's resolutions like we do and there were some things that you know you have things in life you always wanted to do but you kind of were scared to try right so that was my go ending 2007 going into 2008 I was like I'm about to try all these things this year <laughs> and just <laughs> stepping out and trying it was like all God needed was that try and mm -hmm. it just took off. Like the wow. stuff, a lot of the stuff I've done since then, before 2008, uh, it was just like an imagination. It wasn't, mm -hmm. it was like, oh, it'd be nice if I could do that. And now it's just like, I've done this, 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 this. 
God is good. So <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So now uh, the next question I wanted to ask, I think I got another question too, before I let you take the uh, floor. So um, in regards to that, um, what was some of the passion that kind of led you um, into that? I know I didn't have no type of passion for mm -hmm. anything that I do right now, but I had a passion. I had a, a love for God. And I guess from his love that he had, he poured whatever he wanted me to do on the inside of him. And then other gifts and talents, you know, came forward as well. So tell us a little bit about that. I feel like for me, if I had to pinpoint where my passion, you know, came from, there was a couple of things that I can always remember having a love for and a passion for from a very small child and anyone who has children or is around children if you just watch them as they play you can kind of get a sense for hmm, i bet when they grow up they're going to do such and such for me i was always performing dancing all over the place um i would sit down and pretend like i was broadcasting the news or doing something so those were hints that hmm, she's probably going to be a little entertainer but <laughs> yeah i was one of those kids i wrote a song about it want to hear it here it go I was, yeah i was one of those kids but i also always was curious about why people do the things that they do just wanting to get an understanding of people okay. um, and wanting to help people really that's what it was like i initially thought maybe i would want to be a nurse or something but it wasn't that it was more you know once i got into my teen years it was more i wanted to get an understanding of what goes on up here mm -hmm. with, with people you know the thought process behind why people make some of the decisions that they make so i was like a teenager reading self-help books most teenagers just want to read romance novels or you know whatever if they want to read it all but i was i would go in barnes and noble or in the library and <coughs> section for hours okay. um, and that continued on into college i ended up becoming a psychology major um and then i ended up in grad school majoring in education and becoming a teacher um, now I feel like I'm kind of circling back. I left the education field and I'm circling back to wanting to get more into the psychology and, and coaching, you know, and mm -hmm. life coaching and things of that nature. But it just came from just wanting to understand people and wanting to help people uh, be the best that they could be. So, yeah. Okay, that's wonderful. Okay, and so before um, we started our actual uh, recording, we talked about some very, um, profound elements in the book of Job. And mm -hmm. so we're going to turn the platform over to you. And when we're going to learn, we're going to glean, we're going to, you know, um, ascertain, grasp, and we're going to get whatever we need from you of what um, you felt that the Lord has given you in regards to women being in victorious living, as well as some of the parables and the projects that you have experienced as well um, in this area. So we're going to turn the platform over to Ms. Nakia Young, and so you can have it. Thank you very much, Pastor Diane. Well, ladies, and there may be a few gentlemen watching, but I'm so happy to be with you all and talk to you about victorious living, what it is and what it ain't. So <laughs> by the end of this discussion, I want us to get rid of the stigma of not living victoriously or by, you know, by the time we get done talking, I don't want anybody doing fake it till you make it life 
none of that. So let's get into it. First of all, I'm going to tell you a little bit about myself. I did mention some things uh, prior to, but I run a coaching company called Victorious Living Solutions. It's a transformative coaching company, and we help high potential leaders to crush their goals despite life's challenges and live victoriously. So um, a little bit more about me. I am right now in Illinois, in the south suburbs of Chicago, the far south suburbs of Chicago. But I was raised, I was born in Chicago and raised in Tulsa, Oklahoma. My parents got a divorce when I was two years old. And my mother raised me as a single mother with the help of her sisters and uh, you know close family from two until when I was 14, when she passed away. So a little bit more about how I even came to exist, child, because that's a testimony <laughs> in itself. My mother had a condition called lupus. It is an autoimmune disease. And right now there is no known cure for it. Back then it was very hard to diagnose. It still can be hard to diagnose now. They know more about it now, certainly than they did then. But they couldn't figure out what was wrong with her. But during the 70s, I was born in 1981. My parents were married the first time <laughs> in 1969 or eight. I can't remember which one, but they couldn't conceive. They The first, they spent a lot of time trying to conceive a child and they would either not be able to conceive or conceive and then she would miscarry the child. This happened, my mother actually had five miscarriages before I was born, five. So wow. yeah, it was, it was insane. Being now, being a grown woman and um, having experienced a near miscarriage, that was pretty traumatic for me. This woman experienced five, not near miscarriages, five actual miscarriages before having me. And so, her telling me that story greatly impacted my life. You know, they say you can't know, you know, where you're going until you know where you've been. And just hearing everything she had to go through, mm -hmm. basically what would happen, there's a, um, I don't want to mispronounce it. It's a hydrodidiform mole. Don't even ask me how to spell that. My <laughs> word. Essentially, what would happen was every time a fetus would grow, this mole would start growing too. It's almost like a cancerous kind of growth. It would it would just appear in her uterus and it would grow and then overtake the fetus. Now, if you look up this hydrodidiform mole, it's a super duper rare condition. Mm -hmm. It's so rare that if it happens once, the chances of it happening again are like so slim to none because it's so, but literally every time she kept getting pregnant, this is what would happen. Right. So that's how you know it's demonic. One, that it happened. And that's then right. that it happened four more times. Come on now. Like, yeah, right. it's a very rare condition. But then once she was diagnosed with lupus, it started to make sense because the autoimmune disorder that lupus is, your body is attacking itself. So your immune system is confused and it's fighting things that it shouldn't be fighting and mm -hmm. then not fighting things that it should be fighting. 
So her body was just basically rejecting every time a pregnancy came because it thought, oh, I'm not supposed to have this. I have to get rid of it. Mm. Um, and then my parents got divorced. Mm. It was crazy. There was infidelity. It was just like, oh, no, you know, <laughs> they got a divorce. And then they got remarried, y'all. <laughs> I am not the one. <laughs> I'm not the one. I already told my husband I don't have grace. I don't have, you know, we've laughed about this. I'll be like, he, 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 nah, but I'm for real. Don't do that. I don't have grace for it. Mm -mm. I don't have the grace for it. Okay. 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 <laughs> I'm running a divorce ministry. I don't know. <laughs> but they got back together and I was born in the second marriage. Okay. So it's just like, that's crazy. Like all this crazy miscarriages and stuff happened in marriage one. And then it was like, all right, I'm going to bring y'all back together and give a second chance. Right. Child, I don't know. My daddy frustrated the grace of God. The second chance didn't work either. But the greatest thing that came out of the second marriage was that my mom finally, all my mom ever wanted was to have kids. Oh, okay. And she finally got the baby that she wanted. Yeah. Um. So... And that, that, like, if you read the story in the book of Samuel of everything, Hannah was praying and crying mm, and, mm -hmm. and wanting a baby. Mm -hmm. um, my mother told me that she read that that story a lot, and that helped her get through those times and to keep the faith and not ever give up on that, the, the fact that she was going to have a baby. Right. And she did just model, you know, her story after Hannah. It's like, God, okay, if you please, if you give me a baby, I will make sure right. that she's in church, she or he. Like, I don't even care at this point. I just want a baby. <laughs> give mm -hmm. me a baby. That's I will right. make sure that child is, you know, nurtured in the admonition of the Lord, all that, you know. And so I basically don't, I tried to be rebellious for a little bit, but it didn't work. I didn't have any choice but to be saved and sanctified and filled and acting right um, <laughs> <laughs> my mom is you know she's not here anymore oh um, i lost her in 1995 on april 14th uh, april 24th i'm sorry 1995 um just after years of health issues and problems and even yeah. that uh we're talking about victorious living mm -hmm. i as a 14 year old child you know, I was furious. Me and God were beefing. I was like, no, this is not supposed to happen. We've right. been praying and standing in faith. My mama been in church every time the door is open. Mm. She was not supposed to die. God, I'm mad at you. Mm. Um, and that's very real, raw emotions. Right. Adult me now is able to look back and see even though things didn't pan out the way we want, um, there was still victory. Right. For one, my mother almost lost her life when I was two. I remember being a small kid and being raised by my aunt and my uncle. And I remember I used to call my aunt mom and I used to call my uncle dad. But my childlike brain, I knew those weren't my parents, but I heard my cousins call them that. So I just thought that was their name. Right. <laughs> but I lived with them until I was like three, almost four, because she was in and out of hospitals. And I remember being either three or three going on four and my dad coming down and me just being so happy to see my dad is here from Chicago, not knowing that the doctors were like, the family all needs to come and say their goodbyes. 
because my mom was in the hospital she was dealing with chemo she was it was just like we've done all we can do Mm. and you know I find that out later but you know thinking back on it it's like wow so God gave me an additional 12 years with her when it could have been done at age two right and the things that my mother instilled in me between age two and age 14 sustained me to be the woman I am today Okay. because after 1995 it got messy you know oh. family is just trying to figure it out right. and you're trying to figure it out with this this young 14 year old pubescent moody child <laughs> that's mad at the whole world right. because her mom is gone and, and everybody else got theirs yeah yeah you know it's the situation is already difficult and yeah, between 1995 and 1999, I bounced around between three different homes. Uh, I lived with my dad first. My dad worked very long hours. He's always worked crazy long hours, multiple jobs. Like, I don't know if our ancestors are Jamaican or what. My Jamaican friends, we laugh about how like Jamaican people have so many jobs. <laughs> And I'm like, look, we must be Jamaican then. Cause my dad never had any less than three jobs. Uh, he's always been. Oh. Girl, that's a whole other show. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but he worked a lot and that wasn't conducive for, now you have a teenager, you can't be away and that child being home by themselves that much and doesn't work. Well, he's never been a long distance parent and then having a child full time is two different things. So it was a crash course for me and for him. And it was a rough summer. I was suicidal. I, you know, mm. I tried to take a bunch of pills and was just like, I quit. I'm finna be out of here. So he was like, mm, I don't think this was the best decision for her. I think it was too much change at one time. Maybe she'll be happier, you know, back with her aunt and her cousins and stuff. So I went back to Oklahoma and I went through a lot of things there that I should not have gone through. And it was um, narcissistic family members in one house, really one person, because me and my aunt had the best relationship ever. But her husband was literally an alcoholic who worked at the post office, who was a Marine Corps veteran. Either one of those things is like stereotypical for like, oh my gosh, this person. But he had like, he was a multi-layered onion of narcissistic crazy. And he would treat me distinctly different than the way he treated his kids. Mm -hmm. And it was very psychologically damaging to me. Um, I know as I, after you lose a parent, you get social security benefits until you turn 18. When I lived with them, I never saw any of that money. Ooh. Ever. I think I had a monthly check of like $350 or $400 or something like that coming every month. And he would barely give me like $20 for lunch money. And then that was it. Um, Mind you, you know, you do have extra expenses when you take on another child. Oh, that's fair. But not like the whole amount and the child don't even get an allowance. Um, so I stayed with them for two years and then I left and I went to go stay with a different relative. Okay. 
And then there was a whole different set of issues there. Um, and these were the people that my mom always said, if anything happens, I would prefer you stay with them because, you know, they'll be in church and you know, I want her to be in church. Um, and I just thought, I should, be about safe. Church, I should be safe with the church people. Ooh, thank, yeah. you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yo. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, that wasn't it. And I'll just leave it at that. That was not it. Okay. Um, they had a whole other set of issues that delve into a lot of what I'm going to talk about with Victorious Living. A lot of times we over-spiritualize things uh -huh. Uh -huh. and it's all, it becomes all about looking apart. So you right. know every scripture to say, uh -huh. to look to people <laughs> on the outside, like we're victorious, we're saved and sanctified right. and filled and that with a mighty burning fire. That's right. And, we looked apart, but then there were a lot of underlying character issues um, with people in that household that had not been dealt with. It oh, had just been like- Ready for this right here, come on. Yeah, a, just a cover had been put over it. And, you know, oh, it looks like this. Okay, we're spiritual. And then me being the kind of person that I am, I am a very, I don't know if you guys know anything about Enneagram but it's a personality assessment. It's one of the most accurate personality assessments I have ever taken in my life. Okay. Besides the Myers-Briggs test, but my Enneagram is eight. And my personality type, we don't do well with, if if we smell something and it stink, we're gonna be like something stink. We're not gonna be sitting here acting like we don't smell it, looking around. We're very direct people, which mm -hmm. is, you know, that's a natural way God made me. It also has to be tempered. <laughs> you that's right. Be, you can't just be shooting off at the mouth. Well, that's right. Te teenage me, it wasn't tempered yet. So I was just like, you know, I came here like, what's wrong with y'all? Um, and not being, some people are not used to being called out on things. Um, and you can't have victorious living if nobody is ever allowed to hold you accountable. Right. You're always right, you know, mm -hmm. so we'll get into that. So let's talk about, that's a little bit of my back history. Mm -hmm. um, I spent a lot of time just waiting for the day I could graduate and move away from it all and start my new life. And I graduated and I did that. I came back to Chicago. I went to DePaul University um, and knew when I got there that I was going to need to be around other Christian people. Uh, I can't give my 18-year-old self full credit for that. It was just like something. I had enough Holy mm. Ghost in there underneath all that teen angst. <laughs> yes. <laughs> to be like, hmm, I don't think I should try to go this alone. I think mm. I should try to find other like-minded people that are also trying to live saved. That's right. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of important. Yeah. So I did that. I found the gospel choir at my college. And I ended up leading campus by the end of freshman year. I ended up leaving camp, leading campus Bible studies, leading worship, doing all of this stuff that I hadn't done up to that point. It was a, uh -huh. a period of rapid spiritual growth and maturity Okay, um, that started with like a bad breakup, but we don't get into that. But okay. I basically had one boyfriend all four years of college. We left Oklahoma, came to Chicago to because we're gonna be together forever. We're gonna get married. Three weeks into the school year at college, we was broke up. 
Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. Because we needed to be, because, um, but God used that to help me grow and find other people that I was Leo with. Mm -hmm. for, um, I tried to date somebody briefly in okay. year, but he was like, nope, you ain't ready yet. And I was like, but God, this is a really nice person. And he's just like, yeah, but you're not ready and he's not ready either. So we broke up. We stayed friends for the rest of college. Didn't see. And y'all know what's funny about that? Is he's upstairs. <laughs> God ended up bringing us back together later in life, like years later. There you go. After I had a lot of character development and he had his character development. And then right. God was like, okay, now they're ready. Right. We got reacquainted in 2004. Like, hey, oh my God, I haven't seen you in years. Ah, you know, started hanging out, had mutual friends and whatnot, but we've known each other since 1999. Okay. We didn't get together together until 2006. Okay. We entered into courtship. 2008, we got engaged. 2009, we got married. Okay. Um, so that's all my, my backstory. So yeah. now... Y'all can, I'm sure some of y'all seen yourselves in, in that, in different pieces of that. Right, and right. let's talk about what victorious living looks like for you. First of all, what is victorious? Victorious is defined in the dictionary. So we're going to talk about it in this literal definition and perspective. Victorious is defined as having achieved a victory, conquering, triumphant, so if you think about having achieved a victory, okay, conquering, mm -hmm. triumphant, what is that telling us? Victory in its literal sense can only be declared after having fought a battle, okay? So that's if you're looking at the literal definition of it. But, you know, we are Christians, and so we have to look at the literal and the spiritual side of things. That's right. And we know that in Christ, we are more than conquerors through Christ that loved us, that Romans 8.37 says that. Mm -hmm. But just because we're Christian, it doesn't mean we won't be battle tested as we walk through this thing called life. And I just detailed to you all like several battles. I gave y'all the Cliff Notes version <laughs> that I've had to go through just to get from there to here. Right. Um, in the book of Job, we see the same thing. So if you open Job, and we won't talk about the whole book, but I strongly suggest that everybody read. If you've never read the whole book of Job from beginning to end, do it. And if you're at the part of your life where you're just like, oh, wow, if Job had a lot going on. I don't have anything like that. Read it anyway, because okay. you can go back and reference it. <laughs> That's right. We see it says Job is described as the man who was blameless okay. and upright. He feared God. Think, yes, that's victorious living. That's it. Like he minds his own business. He stay out the way. He loves God. He's righteous. He's whole. This is my favorite part. Job was also very rich, y'all. He was rich. He had all like we cattle don't mean nothing to us now. But you know. Back then, cattle, like transportation, food, it was laboring a lot with cattle. So just, I don't know if you think of like a field full of Lexuses or something. That's how much cattle he had. Absolutely. <laughs> he had everything that Over he could now. want in the, in the physical. Like he had a nice, beautiful family, children. He had everything. And 
a lot of times we have a vision board picture of, okay, this is victorious living. And I don't want you to let go of that picture because that is a part of it. Mm -hmm. um, there's nothing wrong with striving to achieve all of those things. But if we only have winning seasons and we never experience times of loss or times of tribulation or times of trial, what would that look like? You know, we have to think about that. It's not realistic to only have a positive um, picture. And that's basically what Satan came and says, you know, God is just like, ooh, look at my servant Job. And Satan is just like, yeah, duh, of course he's going to be righteous. Like you give him everything that he wants. He has all of this. He has all of that. I bet you if you take all of that stuff away, though, mm -hmm. he would curse you to your face. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, huh. Okay. So God is like, all right, you consider my servant Job. Okay, I'm going to let you take all this stuff away, but you cannot touch his life. Okay. What? So Satan goes and he does that. Y'all know the story. He takes all of his stuff away. And I felt Paul Job, he was just minding his own business. And mm -hmm. he lost everything in a matter of hours. It was just like, whoo, the messenger comes like, oh my God, Job, oh, somebody came and stole all your animals. And he's just like, what? Stole all the animals? What? So while that person talking, here comes somebody else. Job, this is it's like, what? While that person talking, here comes somebody else. Job, oh my God, bro, like... A wind just came and blew the house down and all your kids are dead. Mm -hmm. What? Stop. Time out. All my kids are dead. Everything. Cattle, kids. Now the, the nagging wife was still there, but <laughs> <laughs> like all of this, you know, he yeah. lost everything Go in ahead. a day. Go but ahead. he was grieving naturally, mm -hmm. but he still maintained his faith. So then Satan is like, well, shoot, okay, that didn't work. Now let me try his health. And he attacked his body. He couldn't kill him. He didn't have the authority. Right. Another sermon for another day. He did not have the authority to take his life. Mm -hmm. But he inflicted the boils or something like all over his body. He was just afflicted. And his friends was just like, man, like you going through, you know. And his wife is just like, you still trying to live safe? Like... Mm -hmm. Basically, at this point, God is mad at you. You need to just cuss God and die. Mm -hmm. And thankfully, he did not listen to her. That's right. Um, but yeah, we can learn a lot from that. So if Job had an Instagram page, <coughs> you know those influencers, they have those perfectly curated Instagram <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> That's what his life looked like at the beginning. And But as things went on, and all of the things started falling apart, we got into real victorious living. Mm -hmm. Now we know if you read the if you read the book that God restores everything to him right. at the end. Mm -hmm. As things are seasonal, summer does not last all year. Mm -hmm. I would love it if it did. I live in Chicago, child. It gets cold as I don't know what up here. <laughs> But, you know, we have be all bundled up and digging out of two feet of snow, but we know that that's only a season. And right. after that season is over, you know, we're going to get spring, kind of. We don't really get spring. 
mm-hmm. like a little bit spring and then we're going to get summer and life is the same way. Victorious living involves character building and character building is like humility, taking risks, stretching out of your comfort zone, mm-hmm. surrounding yourself by the right, with the right people. All of that stuff is a part of victorious living. Mm-hmm. So let's start with the first one, humility. If we, like I said before, if we only had the perfect Instagram picture, we were only winning. We never experienced lost. It would only take a matter of time before anything resembling humility just completely left our our being. Think about it. Okay. Think about people you know who are like celebrities or rich people who were like um, have kids. And then some of those kids, not all of them, but some of just think of some of the ones that you can picture in your mind where their kids are just like spoiled, entitled brats. <laughs> and it's not like their parents purposely set out to make them spoiled, entitled brats. They thought they were doing the right thing. Oh, I had it hard. I don't want my child to have it hard. So I'm going to give them all the things. I'm going to make sure they never have to struggle. I'm going to make sure they're provided for. Like pretty much they've been waited on hand and foot from baby to adulthood. Um, And while they may sound good, giving your kid everything they want and everything is peachy and rosy all the time, that is a recipe for you trying to grow a baby narcissist or something. I don't know. (laughs) You need to have character building. You need to, at some point, try to strive to earn something. If everything is, you know, that's part of the journey. There was something I uh, came across where they were talking about, uh, it was a story about a class and they had a pet caterpillar and they would each take turns babysitting the caterpillar or whatever and it was one student's turn to take it home and you might you probably heard this so okay. it was their, their student's turn to take it home and the calipator had started changing you know they built the little cocoon mm-hmm. and it has to start breaking out of the cocoon all the process to becoming a butterfly well the little boy he was watching it and it was trying to peck its way you know to get out of the cocoon and he thought oh man you know, it looks like he's having a really hard time getting out of there. Let me help him. So he went and tore the rest of it off himself. And then instead of growing and becoming a beautiful, pretty butterfly, standing its wings, it just died. So then he had to go take it back to school and explain to his teacher that why, you know, the class pet died on his watch. And um, the teacher was like, what what happened? And he was crying and he said, oh, he was trying to get out of the cocoon and I just helped him get out of it. I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't, you know, I didn't slap it or nothing. Like he's just trying to figure out why I died. And the teacher had to explain to him that the process of getting out of that cocoon, though it may look difficult, that is how the caterpillar turned butterfly builds its strength it needs that struggle to build its strength so when it comes out the wings will be strong enough and fly and you know become the butterflies that we see and we like to see flying around well when you open the cocoon for it it wasn't strong enough after that Mm. 
So certain character building is necessary. We don't like it. We just like, why can I go through this? <laughs> okay. Why? But it's building something. Right. At least it should be. Uh, I always say, never waste a trial. Mm -hmm. Never waste a trial. Never waste a failed attempt. You just, I don't even look at it as failure anymore. Okay, I just discovered one way that doesn't work. Okay. I'm going to keep going until I find the way that does work. Mm -hmm. But all of that builds character. Another thing that builds character, talk about risk, stretching beyond your comfort zone. Um, again, if everything is always comfortable for you, um, you never have to try anything new or you're never challenged in any way. You're just going to stay right here. Right. And right here may not even be a bad thing. Mm -hmm. Like it may feel really good. It may, but God meant for you to be here. Right. And settled for here because it was comfortable. Mm -hmm. Character building. Uh, another thing surrounding yourself with the right people. That is very important. Mm -hmm. There are people that are going to be comfortable with you being right here because they are also right here <laughs> and we can be right here together and it's fun right. and yeah. as soon as you start going here mm -hmm. some of these people may be like hey you leaving us you need mm -hmm. to come back down here mm -hmm. that's right that's it's real life and you it could be people you least expected it could be family members it could be the friends you grew up with <laughs> but as God is taking you from faith and faith and glory to glory and you really want to experience true victorious living You've got to step up your circle. And it doesn't mean that you never talk to these people ever again. Right. But, right. I mean, sometimes it does. If, they, if they're drug dealers or something, you better stay away right. from them. <laughs> right. But, you know, sometimes they're not terrible people. It's just you've outgrown. You've gone to a different season. Mm -hmm. If you're always the smartest person in your circle, you need a new circle. Right. Absolutely if you're you're always the person and some people they like that feeling of always being the smartest and the best and the brightest in their circle uh -huh. and they purposely do not add anybody to their circle that they feel threatens them mm -hmm. that my friends is called insecurity okay do not do that <laughs> i always like to keep people around me that are somewhere that i'm aspiring to get to because uh -huh. they can show me how to get there that's right um, so that's all those things involve victorious living. Another thing is healing from past traumas, going to therapy, renewing your mind, getting out of your own way. There are some battles that we go through because like in the book of Job, Satan was just bored. And he was just like, all right, I'm finna, you know, he has a threefold agenda at all times, still kill, mm -hmm. destroy Still right. kill, destroy. Still kill, destroy. How can I still kill, destroy? Like he is always on his job. Right. So there's some battles we go through because of that. And then there's some battles we go through where Satan was like, now see, that wasn't even me. How did I get in it? Y'all blaming me for everything. I didn't even do that this time. That was you. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Literally. Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, we have different things that we haven't dealt with within ourselves. Or we make our own mistakes because we're human beings. We're not perfect. Mm -hmm. And so learning how to process that and get out of your own way. Right. 
all of that you have to do to become victorious. Mm-hmm. Now let's talk about what victorious living is not. And I've already mentioned this a little bit, but it's not all sweatless victories and no trials. It's not Instagram, social media, perfection. <laughs> I am 41 years old. I'll be 42 in a few months in January. I have had the distinction of living in life before there was internet and then I'm sure you have to and then life after I feel so bad for this new generation that's coming up you know millennial or gen z and whatever I don't even know what the name is for after gen z but they've only known internet and they've only known um social media we didn't have that we didn't have we're constantly being bombarded with pictures of how everyone else is doing. There are some great things about social media. It's great for promoting business and different things, Mm -hmm. but there are some things about social media that are not so great. Uh, If you look at different studies, more and more people are being diagnosed with anxiety Mm -hmm. than ever before. You know, and the Bible tells us to cast our cares on Jesus because he cares for us. We're not meant to be holding on and walking around with all of these cares and being in a constant state of worry all the time. And if you look at the rise in mental health issues and anxiety, it is a correlation of when social media became popular. Because now you're looking at what everybody else is doing and you're going, dang, you know, like I'm not doing enough. I'm not, I'm not enough. Like I should be like that. I should be, you know, it keeps you, your focus on comparing. Yeah. Comparing like, and it's comparison is not realistic. Mm -hmm. Um, That's right. So that's Instagram, social media perfection. That's not social. That's not victorious living. Cause first of all, most people do not post their struggles on social media. Every now and again, you may see someone post that. But most people post the things that are going to make the picture look just right. And so you're comparing yourself to not even their story. You're comparing yourself to the edited version of their story. Um, Victorious living is not no accountability. That's just the way I am. (laughs) Okay, well, the way you are is trifling and you need to change. Right. <laughs> do another, go or do it another way. Yes. I mean, like you have to have somebody in your life that can check you if you are doing something that is going against the will of God. Mm-hmm. Somebody, a friend, a tell it like it is auntie, a church mother, a pastor, spiritual leader. We're now in the stage or the phase of, you know, society where a lot of people, a lot of young people, and not even young people, a lot of people, period, are just like not really seeing the point of going to church anymore. And it's a lot of reasons for that. But um, oh help me, Pastor. I be I'm really I be like sometimes I remember stuff and I can't remember the address. <laughs> where they're talking about in the last days people will be lovers of themselves Mm -hmm. and uh, And I was talking about having having itching ears like tell Mm -hmm. me what I want to hear don't go Mm -hmm. telling me 
I'm wrong about something. Nobody want to hear that. <laughs> you know, they only want to hear the good. I was asking my husband about that because I was like, I don't know about you, but I've been coming, hearing a lot about narcissism and narcissistic personality disorder. And I feel like we're in an epidemic of narcissism. And mm -hmm. I'm seeing it manifest itself in different ways mm -hmm. from small children right. to adults, you know, teachers and stuff like teenagers, like young mm -hmm. adults, like us across all, it's even old narcissists in nursing homes, yes. you know, people like it's a spirit Pandemic, that is huh? rampant. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If you look up narcissistic personality disorder, what it is, you know, the very nature of the disorder is that you don't see your wrongdoing. Mm -hmm. You feel like it's even though the per the people who have this spirit, they're doing things that are so blatantly wrong. It's like, how could you not see that that's wrong? Mm -hmm. The very nature of the disorder causes them to not get help because they feel like, well, you're the wrong, you're the person that needs help. I'm fine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so when you live a life where you don't have anyone that you're accountable to, um, you open the door for that spirit to come in. Right. And yes, I have a psychology degree. Yes, there's a lot of, there's a whole DSM manual of mental health disorders that you can talk through, but every one of those, you can find a spiritual representative of that. Mm -hmm. Do you know what one of the, the spirits some of the spirits that group together that match with narcissistic personality are spirit of Jezebel. Yes. The spirit of Leviathan. Yes. You just take everything and twist it and, you know, cause confusion. Uh -huh. And yeah. So if you want to have not living victorious, if you want to end up with that life, be somebody that is never accountable. Uh -huh. that nobody can ever check you don't have anybody around you uh -huh. and that's like feeding the dragon it's a right. cute little baby dragon oh look at my little baby dragon at first and you keep living like that and see what kind of monster uh -huh. you will grow into uh -huh. at the end uh -huh. um Another and thing. The, and, and, and the yeah. key, it, it um, don't mean to kind of interrupt the conversation. No, go ahead. The narcissism, it's like it's a new level of narcissism. It's not yeah. the type of narcissism that we, narcissism that we see like in a um, mental institution or something like that. This is something that is with normal people you walk up to every day. And even in the church, the church does not even know is not aware as to how it has uh, effectively grown because the people have allowed it and like you said have yeah. not shown or had any accountability of their actions that i mean we're, we're living in the in some very 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 um you know dark times now yeah and i'm always grateful when i have opportunities to speak to christian audiences mm -hmm. because it's, it's easier because I can talk about biblical references, you right. know, to natural things. Right. When I'm speaking to general audiences, I know some of the spiritual implications of what, but I have to keep things very where they can grasp it. Now, I'll still yeah. sneak in biblical principles without calling out chapter and verse. Right. But, you know, we're we're all family, so we're just going to call a thing a thing here. That's right. That's right. 
you know, it is what it is. Like the spirit, there's a book out about it. I don't know if you've heard of Chuck DeGroat. He has a book called When Narcissism Comes to Church. Wow. That is one of the best books I have read all year. Wow. I ordered it back in the spring, I think. Okay. It's a very powerful book. Every pastor, okay. every minister, every, um, even if you're not a pastor or a minister, every Christian should read when narcissism comes to church. Okay. He talks about what it looks like. And I think he has a psychological background too. Um, okay. But he, so he backs up the psychological principles of narcissism with the mm -hmm. word and how he's had to counsel Christian leaders and um, basically kind of be the narcissism cleanup guy for different churches. Right. Right, okay. Or they just have all of this turmoil going on and people quitting left and right and the pastor is about to pull his hair out like what happened to my church like what happened <laughs> and it's because you know these people with this spirit of jezebel you uh -huh. know this narcissistic personality disorder um that didn't have the character building or whatever they just got to sit in these leadership positions mm -hmm. they never had in the first place but then they sat in them for years and years and over time they corrupt entire churches right like you don't deal with it it spreads like a cancer and then you right. will look up and not know what in the devil happened to my ministry that's right what happened? why are all of my staff members quitting that's right you know that's right. um and the same thing can happen in our everyday lives. If you let that, so you have to make sure one, you don't have that spirit within yourself right? to make sure that you're not tolerating the spirit of Jezebel, the spirit right. of control and manipulation and all of that anywhere around you. Right. Um, another thing victorious living is not, is I already said, fake it till you make it lifestyle. Um, that's kind of self-explanatory. Um, and I don't fake it till you make it is kind of some people have used it in a positive sense of mm -hmm. kind of you don't have it yet, but you're you're working on it until you arrive at the level you want to be at. Okay. And I understand that. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about fake it till you make it like you're trying to portray yourself to be something mm -hmm. that you're not right. because you get more likes on Instagram right. and TikTok and Facebook. Yeah, we don't want to teach people that, right. Yeah, you don't have to do that. Right. And, um, excuse me. Or try to pretend, you know, yeah. when we say fake it till you make it and stuff, like, you know, it's okay for me to hide this persona and stuff like that. And, you know, this, 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 this criteria that people are saying now, even I'm talking about the people that go to church and they know that they're not saved, they'll tell you in a minute, I'm a work in progress. God is still working on me. No, don't sit there and use that as a crutch. Use that right there. That's a, a that's a, 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 a purpose moment for you to be accountable right there. Yeah. Don't use that as a crutch so you can continue to do the things that you should not be doing. I'll put it like that and what have you. We don't teach people things like that. You know, you 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 got to um uh you know he he's still working on me and stuff. I'm an <laughs> unfinished product and all kind of things like that. Well you know you the first one knowing you out of order and all mm -hmm. of us do when we're wrong. We cannot be victorious when we're we're quoting unhealthy cliches that pulls mm -hmm. us back to the same old man we yes. got to come out of that and be a renewed mind. 
yeah, if we want to quote something, we need to find something else to perhaps maybe refer to rather than we just telling people, you know, if, if, if he did it for me, you know, I, you know, he's still working on me and stuff like that. He's still working on all of us, but you and I'm not, I don't have to get out and broadcast it or I don't have to try to, you know, I don't have to try to tell nobody. Mm, I just feel something I'm telling you in my spirit about your husband, about that pat, uh, todo do bo see, but mm, we're going to move on here. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to move on. I, I got, mm, I'm mm, gonna tell mm. him come down here and get this prophecy. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> but we can't sit there and tell people it's okay for them to do it this way or do it that way. You know, he's still working on us. Yeah, if we have, you know, confessed our lives, we have turned yeah. our lives over, we have committed our lives over to Christ and stuff like that. Of course, we are, are an unfinished product. We're still, God is still making and molding and shaping us. But if we know that we're going to go back out the door and do the same thing that we did the day before, the day before, the day before, and the day before that, there's another topic I want you to hit on too. We kind yeah. of want to back up a little bit too. But yeah. that's what I'm saying. We just don't let, we don't, we, 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 we can, we can, accustom ourselves mm -hmm. with secular public people. God yeah. didn't tell us that not to do that. He didn't tell us that we couldn't do anything like that. Jesus yeah. was among the taxpayers. He was tax uh, 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 preparers. He was around all of them, the attorneys, the lawyers. He was around the doctors, physicians, the scholars. He was around all of them. The scripture mm -hmm. never did say that these people were saved, but yeah. he did not get his garments tarnished with them and you know and what have you he sat out and he ate with them so but at the same time he never did go around and tell people it's okay for you to be able to do this and what have you because there are different you know elements of of uh levels of spirits out there too so it's another yeah. thing that you had hit on too that i would love for you to be able to um open up and share also you know yeah. you talked about you know um sometimes you know when it comes down to family when one is on this level one is on that level when this one goes up here this one tries to figure out where this one is at and what have you. And then we want you to be able to share as to how can this one right here deal with this one? I don't have to hang out with you though, but yeah. you know, we, we, and, and, I, and, and I'm guilty of it too. I've been there mm -hmm. before and things because sometimes when God gives us a, a mandate, I need to change your environment. I need you to change the top the toxic that is around you and things like that. Sometimes we'd be so happy we'll do it, but we forget to ask God, hmm. how do I deal with those that I've left behind that is no more part? Like you said, if you're the elephant in the room, you already know it's time for you to change the lock on your door. It's time for you to go back somewhere else. You're in the wrong room and someone else is sitting up there looking up to you. Sometimes. I'm not even going to go there. Sometimes people will sit there and they they don't care if you are the elephant in the room. They'll sit there and try to grasp off your gifts on purpose. Yeah. I was on a prayer, prayer line thing and we're still talking about victorious living because we can't be, be victorious. God will pull us down when we sit there and try to sabotage other people, you know, yeah. you know, uh, uh, hiddenly or secretly. And so... I was praying and we was going to close out the prayer conference and stuff. And I heard the spirit says, somebody's writing down everything you saying. And I, and I, I called them out right there while I was praying. I was speaking in tongue too. Hi, yo, bobo, ho, shy. You need to stop writing. I was calling them out right in the prayer. And I said, okay, then God, this is it right here. Sometimes we have to cut soul ties from people, whether it's family, old friends that we grew up with and even high school people. Yeah. 
Uh, what I can say about that is it's no blanket list of how to's because it's a case by case mm -hmm. basis. Right. And so you can't do it in your natural strength. You have to be uh, in partnership with God, with the Holy Spirit, because he will see things in people that you don't see. Some things you may be like, oh, that's easy. You know, that's easy to spot. And some things, you know, the devil is going to be more subtle mm -hmm. about it. Uh, what I will say from experience is um, I love in Abraham where God was just like, get out from among yep. Sure yep. and go to a land. He didn't even tell him where he was going. Go right. to a land. I will show you. That's right. Okay. A land where I will show it to you. That's Don't right. even worry about it. Just go. Um, and the funny thing about that is, is he didn't really, it's like he obeyed, but then he didn't because then he brought light. Like, didn't God just tell you to get out from among your kinfolk? He didn't say get out from among your kinfolk and bring this one with you. Right. Now, God still did everything for Abraham that he said he was going to do. But that lot situation got real messy and they ended up having to split okay, this ain't working out no more. You go, whatever, you pick which land you want, I pick which land I want. Okay, I'm going to go over here, you go way over there. Right. Oh, now you want to do it. And it sounds a lot like what God told you to do in the first place. You go where I'm telling you to go. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> and leave your kinfolk That's where they right. at. So right. he went this whole, here we go, loop-de-loo, around and around the bend to mm -hmm. end up doing what God told him to do in the first place. Mm-hmm. So I didn't even look at it like that. Uh, yeah. That's the that's the read. That's why the confusion came. The way you put mm -hmm. it, that's how the confusion came because he told him to get from among them, and he brought yeah. it anyway. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. And we do we do the same things. Right. Um, now I we have to look at why God told him that, mm -hmm. and we family is not some. Now some of us really do just have some trifling family members. That's just, <laughs> sometimes that's just it a lot of times it's not that your family is bad right you no know? you may come from an environment that's not toxic at all and then you're like confused like okay well why is god telling me to move because you're too comfortable there right you're too comfortable there they still know your nicknames they know you know they have a mental picture of Little bitty, okay, I'm going to tell y'all my nickname, my childhood nickname. Don't laugh, okay? Okay. Uh, <laughs> my child, my name is Nakia. My childhood nickname is Nikki Pooh. <laughs> my mama, I don't know if it was my mama or my dad. I don't know which one of them started calling me Nikki Pooh. I feel like it was my mama. I don't know. Okay. But they called me Nikki Pooh for so long that some of my cousins don't even know that my actual name is Nakia. I just went to Arkansas at the beginning of August. I was just down there. Wow. And I went to my family. I, my 41-year-old married with children self walked into my auntie's living room. And she's like, hey, make it pop. <laughs> oh, okay. Like, I will never, I'm going to have to like, you know how people make wills and make their life plans and put them in a box. I'm going to have to like make specific instructions for these people to not put Nikki Poo in my obituary. That's how much these people still call me that. 
Wow. Okay. But I'm like, that's a humorous example, but your family, there's a certain image of you that they have that okay. no matter how big you get or how much you right. do, you're always going to be that person to them. That's right. That's right. And there's something endearing about that. Okay. You know, in a sense, because it lets you, it's kind of like, don't forget where you came from kind of thing. That's right. But there's a time where if God's trying to grow you and he's trying to, this is what it is. Thank you, Holy Spirit. He's trying to expand your vision. Right. He's trying to expand your vision. And so he needs to get you to a place. He needs to get you away from there and over here so he can show you all of this that's over here that you can't see in this truncated box where you're among your family members. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of times we don't see that. Now he may grow us to a place where you know we're successful in business and we become millionaires or whatever have you. And then right. we can circle back and come back to the community we came from right. and help, you know, right. have you got resources to help, you know, launch programs or whatever to mm -hmm. do something that's going to benefit those people. But it'll never happen if we don't come out from among them in the first place. That's true. That's true. That's, that's true. the way I look at it. So it's a couple of different angles we can look at it because there's mm -hmm. that. And then there's the 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 other side where you really do just have some trifling family members and you need to set boundaries. Okay. 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 Fair enough. I've, experience, I've experienced both. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I've experienced, I've experienced both and um, it's, it's not easy. Uh -uh. Is, is, is not an easy thing, mm -hmm. but. Um, hard to kind of explain. Yeah. It's hard for them like, to understand. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because. The, the boundaries and the things I went through as a teenager that I had to set where I was just like, oh, no, I don't do this. <laughs> and I left one house and I went to another house, you know, and I dealt with those things there. And I was just like, mm, no, you know. So yeah. then when it was time for me to graduate high school. They wanted me to go to Oklahoma. I got accepted into the University of Oklahoma, which is okay. um, I got accepted, but I was like, I'm not staying here. Like, I need to. I need to explore. I need to develop. I need to grow outside of. I've been in Oklahoma all my life. Mm -hmm. I need to see something different. Okay. And so I got accepted to DePaul University in Chicago, and then I just came up here. Okay. Um, all of that prepared me for what I was going to go through later. Right. I did not know that I was going to marry into a family where there was some unchecked narcissistic personality disorders or Jezebel spirits that were there um and that baby child that's a whole other we don't have enough time that was a hmm. whole journey hmm. um, but because of past issues I had already dealt with I was able to support my husband in dealing with the things um, when you have a certain level of anointing and you're really walking this victorious living thing out, there are certain spirits. I'm not going to say people because it's beyond the people. You right. have to know that it's beyond the people. If you don't remember right. nothing else, I'm telling you, it's beyond the people. That's right. People are being puppet streamed by right. certain spirits. Mm -hmm. And we have to keep that in mind. We have to because 
we have to be praying for them and for their deliverance. That is not victorious living. That's not the life God meant for them to have. Absolutely. Um, But for our sanity and for what God was trying to do in our union, in our marriage, in our household, boundaries had to be set. Now, we took this in stages. It was not a, we ain't talking to y'all no more. Bye, Felicia. It was not that. First, it was boundaries where, you know, if someone's speaking to you in a harsh way or being shady, you know, every time you come around, call it out. Like, hey, I noticed that, you know, it's some kind of issue. Do we need to talk? Because like every time I come around, you acting whatever, you know, have that discussion. Okay. That's how it started. This was like three weeks before the wedding. Wow. Okay. And my sister-in-law was in the wedding. Like, I want you to be my bridesmaids. We about to be family. Yay. All right. We about to get married. And then like the closer it got to the wedding, it was just like this, I don't know. And I was like, I know I didn't do nothing, but I was just like, did I inadvertently do something? Like I knew I couldn't think of nothing I had done. I was just like, Hey, let's go to Starbucks and, and talk like what, what's going on? You know? I don't want to talk. We don't need to go out and talk. I can say what I got to say to you over the phone. Okay. <laughs> wow. wow. You know? So me and my husband was like, okay, let's talk. I don't want to know. I want to talk to Nakia by herself. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't want to meet in person. You want to talk over the phone. It was such a unproductive conversation some you know what nakia sometimes a person can be so unstable come on here they go right there they can be so unstable there's such a level of narcissism as you stated jealousy is also tied in there and also it can be you know the jezebel the jezebel wants to control now here's a new person new sheriff on the block and things i won't be able to do things the way i used to do perhaps now she may be the one that have to come in and maybe make decisions or voice her opinions and I don't know if I may like her opinions or I may not like her. It's a lot of things that are coupled with that and things. And it's, it's such a a powerful thing though, however, that you can be able to talk about it, you know, even today, I'm telling you, it's, there's a lot of people that are still suffering. You know, I was talking, thinking about just that, I think it was about two or three nights ago. And I said, I said, I just, just, just think about people that are isolated they're isolated in their relationship simply because of the fact that they can't express their feelings because of their sister-in-law or their mother-in-law or sometimes the husband may have to live up to the mother's the mother's expect expectation and now instead of the wife being first she's second and the mother being first and what have you and so all of those things plays a big part you know even in a relationship and so um yeah, and some some sometimes a person can be so mentally disturbed. Yes, just what you was talking about narcissism. They mm-hmm. nothing satisfied. You know, they a switcheroo person and stuff. Can yes. we can we talk into? No, nah, I want to talk. I ain't got. I got be. I can't go to work. You want to do something? Oh no, nah, I don't want to talk to you by the sexy because they don't want to confront themselves. They don't That's want accountability. Want. Yeah, exactly that. So let me tell you, let me tell you how this, and I'm not, it's so, it's so long. I won't even, I'm going to give you the cliff notes of how this all played out. Okay. Literally, I had no issues with nobody in the family. I had great relationships with everybody in the family mm-hmm. because I talked to be met in 1999. Um, so a lot of them knew of me 
you know, since we were in college together. Right. And then he has two sisters. We all, me, him, his two sisters, all ended up at the same college together at some point, even oh, though he yeah. and I are like a few years older than them. But okay. we still, there was a short season where we were at college together. Um, mm -hmm. So we knew each other. It was no issue. But when she decided that she had an issue, that one bad seed ended up disrupting the whole family unit Ooh. to the point where we do not deal with any of them today. Where when it started, we didn't have issues with all of them. It was just her. Okay. But where it went wrong was because, you know, we had the conversation, you know, I was like, did I do something to you? You so fake, you know what you did. No, I don't. I'm not a mind reader. Like, can you tell me like what happened? You know, mm -hmm. lots of things. Okay. Name one. I don't feel like talking about it. like, okay, you can't even name anything. Like I'm sitting here asking you, we were on the phone for about 20 minutes. And then I finally was just like, okay, child, this is not, this sounds, she's like, well, I just don't like you. I just think you fake. And I'm just like, where is all of this coming from? I'm like, if you don't like me, and you think I'm fake, but if I didn't initiate this conversation, you was gonna be a bridesmaid in my wedding knowing good and well you don't like me. Does that make me fake or does that make you fake? Think about it, <laughs> you know? Like, but it just turned into this whole big issue. Me and his mom got along great. Me and this other younger sister got along great. But because she had whatever was going on in her heart, it turned into long story short, I just said, okay, you can't be in the wedding no more, which naturally we'll give you the money back. You pay for your bridesmaid dress and we'll just keep it moving. Well, she felt like she should still be in the wedding. She felt entitled to still be in it. No, you're not being in it. Me and my husband agreed you're not being in it. It turned into a whole big hullabaloo because the mother was like, okay, we need to have a family meeting. So it's like, okay, we had the family meeting. It turned into, you know, Sarita, you need to apologize. You know, mm -hmm. I, know I mean to say her name, but you need to apologize. I'm sorry if you, if you took anything I said the wrong way. Is that an apology? No. No. But in whatever the family structure was, that constituted an apology to them because that was how they were used to doing things. This one individual, she had a history of, I guess, kind of doing behavior like this and everybody just kind of- Burst it off. Yeah, that's just how she just, girl, you just have to look over there. That's just how she is. Okay, we don't do that here. That's, you know, whatever that, if that's how y'all want to do things, that's dysfunctional. That has a lot to do with why she is the way she is, but that ain't none of my business. Confronted it. Right. Yeah, we just, we're going to deal with this issue right here. This is not acceptable behavior. Like right. I need people on stage with me that actually like me and you just admitted you don't. So therefore you're not in the wedding. Take oh. your bride's money, dress and bunny back and go on. <laughs> no, that's real. But it turned into that one issue that is humorous, is laughable now, but it turned into something that grew and festered. That was, we got married in 2009. It is now 2022. Um, they didn't really deal with us like the first, our first year of marriage. They spent the rest of the, our first year of marriage trying to convince me to give her an apology 
for kicking her out of her brother's wedding. Um, it was it get, became a thing where it was like trying to turn extended family members against me, like all of this other stuff. And I literally hadn't done anything. It was just she felt some type of way and she was trying to defend her territory or whatever. I am threatened by this person and I don't like this person. I am not going to allow anybody else in my family to like her either. That's what that was. Um, We eventually got- They're not helping her not one bit by doing that. They're encouraging her. Yeah. Well, we did get to a point where we were able to I don't want to say, I mean, we were just, we were able to kind of like okay, agree to disagree and just kind of whatever, move on mm-hmm. eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, but the first year was really rough and really contentious and we was just like, okay, no. Um, but we brushed past it and we moved on. Um, it wasn't until years later when we had our first kid, three things that will emerge, make demonic spirits emerge like no other for reasons i well, a lot of reasons, but weddings, funerals, and childbirths. <laughs> Any kind of major life transitions. Whoa. But them three, them three weddings, funerals, uh-huh. and childbirths mm-hmm. will manifest like, uh, ooh, the demons just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right. That's right. When we had our first kid, Baby, whatever little band-aid we thought we had put on that situation, it, it just blew all up. blew up. Um, and it makes so much sense to me now because we've since had multiple prophecies spoken about our son and that he has a prophetic anointing. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, anytime any prophetic anointing shows up, Jezebel is like, hey, somebody called me. Yeah. <laughs> Jezebel can't stand prophets. This is like, no, no. you know. They're like, oh, mom, you have a prophetic anointing too? I'm like, yeah, that explains a lot because I keep bumping against these certain kind of people. Like if you watch kinds of opposition you get is directly tied to the call and the anointing that's on your life. Right. Study the attacks that you're getting, especially if there's a pattern like this keeps coming up. Like Mm -hmm. it's directly tied to calling in the anointing that's on your life and Satan trying trying to thwart that. Mm. But yeah, it turned it it got to be pretty ugly. Um because now we've got now the stakes are bigger. It's one thing if you're trying to come for me, but you're not going to cause strife and division in my household because that's the goal. Satan wants to try to make a wedge here where my husband is caught in the middle between trying to appease you know trying to not appease but trying to maintain a relationship with his family family, you know yeah trying to and then trying to establish you know his household over here um satan wants to split up marriages he hates marriage and he hates families oh yes so if you ever come up against this issue know that it's bigger than a disagreement between your spouse and your family or you know, you and your family, it's bigger than that. You have to look at Satan's end game. And his end game was, I want this issue to cause husband and wife to be butting heads. And then once I've got that seed of strife and division mm-hmm. over there, you know, I can just split that thing right up. Mm-hmm. Um, he wants the authority to walk whenever yeah. he gets ready. 
come mm -hmm. according to this other individual. Like I said, we'd be praying for and things like that. Uh, you know, uh, Nakia, mm -hmm. I'm going to say this, you know, anytime that God has promotion in the atmosphere, that's mm -hmm. when he gets stirred up even the most. Yeah. I feel God right there. And I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm not talking about nobody else. I'm talking about you and your spouse. I'm telling you, he didn't bring that pastor out of my mouth for no reason. <laughs> Anytime that God has promotion in the atmosphere, he gets stirred. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's sometimes we don't have to do anything to anybody. It's yeah. just, it's, it's you, uh, Nakia, it's you, it's the God in you, it's the God in you. And that's what opposes this young lady. This, we're not going to, like I said, we're not going to call out nobody's name here on the show, but you know, people, and, 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 and even with that, I'm going to say this too now, this came to my spirit just a second ago while you was talking. God sometimes will, will lead, will lead, see, he will leave that thorn there. He will leave the thorn there. Now listen to that, even though, in, God, I'm praying, and it's agitating me, and it's bothering me and stuff, sometimes God will leave the thorn there to even show the enemy who's the greater one. This is my servant right, right here. She's not going to get on this person's level. Okay, because sometimes, you know, I had to learn too down through the years that we can't change people. And then two, at the same time, there's some there's some other type of doors that we can go in because I know that we all, we love our family and things. And sometimes God may say, well, you know, you got a choice right here and stuff. You want to keep walking in that same door and things, even though you know that this person has a conflict. See, because the first protection that God is looking for, that's the protection in that household. He's looking for nothing else. He's not, yeah. he, he, he's, he's not paying attention to, you know, you know, eventually he's going to, you know, put a stop to this. Of course, he shut that by. He's going to put a stop to it, but he's not paying attention to her. He's paying attention to how you all are handling it. Come on here. That's why I say a lot of times I'm a, I'm a firm believer of this that God will not always move the thorn. He will sit there and, and leave that thorn there to build us. How can God build us from a negative thorn? And that's our character, just like you just got through saying. We can be accountable. Come on here. Come on now. I'm feeding it back to you what you just fed to the people. Responsible. Come on out of here. This is what you fed to the people. And God is she conductable. See, he's feeding it back to you. And so sometimes he'll leave that thorn there. See, because you, you're victorious. So that's okay. That's already a light right there in the cell. But you're a Christian and a victorious. And you're anointed. Come on here. And so that intimidates the adversary. Yeah. Do I need to say anything else? No, that's pretty much. This woman is intimidated. It, <laughs> not not before you got all of this other stuff. It was already there in the beginning when she yeah. first met you. You may not didn't even see it, but she saw it. Ain't that something? How yes. God will set there? Is we preaching or is we on a show? Is yes. it, isn't that something? How God will set there, and 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 we have stuff built on the inside of us, and we can't see it, but the next per person can walk straight up on us, and God will let the devil see it and stuff. And then next thing you know, I don't like you and stuff. What do I do to you and stuff like that? And then even you try to be nice. Can I come on and bake a cake over there with you? Now I'm gonna bake no cake. I'm doing something and stuff. <laughs> you ain't gonna be nothing. You gonna be able to do. 
to please her until God gets a hold of her and stop his shekebohosha to God stopping now. God gonna put a stop put a stop to it. But I heard the Holy Spirit says sometimes I will leave that thorn there to even build. To be, yes. He will take the worst things to build us. Come on here now. Didn't he do it with Job? You just got through talking about Job. Yes. You said Job to the people. God is feeding Job. <laughs> Come on here now. Come on yes. now. Sometimes oh, he will yes. sit there. That's the reason why I was telling you about Job chapter 19. We're going to go over there real, real quick. Mm-hmm. We're going to get off of here. And at first I said, God, I said, because we know that the Bible is not in no chronological order, period. Right. If we read yeah. and study yeah. our word. And so one day I, I opened a book up and, I, and it jumped out at me. I'm like, wait a minute. I said, so that's the reason why he got rid of all of these people. The Bible says he reigned for the butler. The butler in Job chapter 19. Go back mm-hmm. and read it when you get time. The butler did not even come and, and, and pay attention to him. He spoke to him. The butler went right by him. The, the maid servant stuff wouldn't even speak to him in his own house. The daughters and children even talked back to him and stuff, cussed him out, going in reading this. I, I said, wait a minute. How, how can this happen and stuff? Because the Holy Spirit said, you know that the word is not in chronological order. So because of all of their disobedience in that house, that was an open door for Satan to come in. Come on, girl. And then he had a right. He had a legal right. Come on there. He had a legal right to go in there and ask God. Because, see, God just don't let Satan in all the time and stuff. But when we out of order, when our stuff is, his house was out of order. The Bible says he well, he didn't even uh, he didn't even know the, even the breath of his wife. That means when she, they went down yeah. together, she turned her back to her husband. Come on here. This before the children died. Yes. There was a lot of turmoil that was going on in that house. And see, wow. that's how the adversary works. And he mm-hmm. wants to tear up the house. But just as yeah. long as you continue to hold your husband's arms up, God ain't going to let it be so. Yeah. That's why you come in there. Don't go in there banging on him and stuff. You ask your sister, your brother, you to straighten her out. No, that's your opportunity. Long as Caleb and Joshua held up uh, Moses' arms, they won the battle. Come on here. And yeah. that's your responsibility as the wife is to hold his arms up. We at church, Lord have mercy, help us. Amen. Hold his arms up. Don't even get on her level about what she's doing. You keep your eyes on him to pay attention and stuff. This is where I need to keep holding. I need to pray. I keep holding his arms up. See, because it's promotion in the atmosphere. You don't even know it. Come on, out. Talk about she There's atmosphere. There's a there's a promotion, baby, in the atmosphere. And God don't allow the enemy to take a peek in. And that's the reason why. Don't count it strange that it get a little stronger than that. But that's your job not to pay attention to her. You got to stay focused and go into prayer. But look, God, I just heard this word. I come to bring this word to the people. Now I got a word coming to me from this woman and stuff. Come on here. Listen. And so that's what he's trying to do. You yeah. got to go in there and get started, get in your, your prayer closet, in your spiritual. No, we ain't going to edit this and stuff. This going to go right out here before the people, what we talking about right here. Get, be- yeah. get, be- get before God and stuff. Start to see, you know what? When God come in there and he give me a word or somebody give me a word, I immediately go into prayer and start building it up. Start building it up. So when the enemy come in there and try to knock on that door and stuff, uh-uh, you can't come in on this one right here. 
because God already yeah. told me what's coming around the corner. And so the, the, the thing about it is, is to keep your eyes on God in him and don't focus on her. That's what she wants. She wants the attention. Everybody been paying attention to her. See how everybody else came around and stuff and told you and stuff how you need to go in there and fix it with her because the attention has, see, has always been on her. Yeah. That's where you always have been. I don't know nothing about this lady, but I'm telling you what the Holy Spirit is telling me. Everybody has looked at her attention, you know, and she got to, she got to always be right. She got to always have the last word. She got to always be catered, and she got to always have it first and stuff all the time. Okay, so you can't give it to her. Okay, she got to go and eat off another table now. Come on here. She got to, uh, she got to go and eat off another table. Your job is to keep his arms up, get before God and stuff and tell him, see, because you got children and see yeah. with this promotion coming and stuff, you, you ain't got time to be got, you know, you, you, you got, you processing other stuff and Lord, how can, no, you ain't got that kind of time and stuff. You got to build yourself up for this one right here. And that's why God moves you away from your family sometimes. Come on here. You it's a distraction. Me. That's the that's word. Right. It's a distraction. That's right. That's right. You can't keep fighting these little, <laughs> mini little, right. Imps, the little imps. Right. You know, like you got to save your strength for like the real big battles. Right. You know? right. See, see, yeah, see, see, see what it is, uh, sister, you shining. <laughs> when you forgot in this family, you were shining. You just didn't know what this stuff. You shining. And so when people shine, other folks want the credit. They want the glory. We, they want to take it and take a, a rag or something and smear it. I'm going to smear it off in the key and <laughs> put back on me. I don't want to get all attention and stuff. I'm trying to tell you it's attention thing and stuff. And you're shining right now. See, because it's, I'm telling you, it's another level for the to hit you, baby. You and your household. Ah, she cut to the boat. She cut that on my chicken. It's another level for the get ready to hit your house. I'm trying to tell you now. Okay, and it's with the man of God. Okay, Amen. your husband. So your job is to hold his arms. Uh, she kind of do both see. Is to hold his arms up. God gonna hold you responsible for that. Cause now you done heard the word and you receiving it. I see you. Yes. You receive. Come on, here. So now you responsible. Just like you brought us the word, I'm receiving your word in. Now God is coming back to you, bringing it right back to you, setting it to you in your lap. I'm finna see now. She on a higher level. She ain't gonna be able to. She ain't gonna be able to respond to this, 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 this throwing like this no more now. And so you know, you God have to grow us up, all of us. So some of us got to come out of this narcissism. See, because if a person is narcissistic, and I'm sitting there, can into it and stuff, you know. So if a man thinks, so if he's uh, Proverbs twenty three and uh, think it's two or seven. Yeah. So we just we just as guilty as the person that's cutting up at just went in here and told I was finna get ready to get this woman and stuff. Look, lady, wait a minute, hold on for a minute until the Holy Spirit had to stop me. He said inflation went up. You gonna sit there and you gonna cut up and stuff with this woman and stuff about this rental car and stuff like that. I had to humble myself all the yeah. way down. I said, lady, I apologize and stuff. See, cause God watching us too, Nat. Mm -hmm. He watching us just as much as we teaching everybody else. And then when it reversed back on us and stuff, <laughs> putting it right back in your lap today, uh, Nakia. Okay. And so let me tell you, you something else. I'm sorry. To touch down, but let no, me no, you no, no. You're good. It's not even just about the distraction. Uh huh. This is if you're not careful. And this is what we had to learn because this, this situation went on for years. Right. Um, when it got to from 2016 to now, Right. When it gets to a point where you've done all that you can 
you know, because as much as it depends upon you, live at peace with all men. If you've right. done everything within your power to live at peace mm -hmm. and these people don't want peace, mm -hmm. that's when you have to move on. If you don't, and we're oh. saying this pretty, yes, you have to move on because if you don't, the devil will use, he got to get a foothold to get right. in on your life. Right. And this foothold that he'll use <clears throat> forgiveness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Unforgiveness, harboring unforgiveness in your heart. Right. All right. Remove so, 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 whatever it is that she's going through, yeah. don't let her dump this, don't receive her stuff. Yeah. Don't let, don't, don't let her dump that stuff on you. <laughs> yeah. If you're constantly putting yourself around certain family members that have made it clear they have no respect for any of your right. values, they have no respect for you. Mm -hmm. And what you gonna keep going over there for? You already know what you're going to get and continuing right. to expose yourself to hostile environments mm -hmm. is only going to harbor, make you harbor unforgiveness in your heart. Right. Um, and that 70 that times seven forgiveness scripture, mm -hmm. that is like people who are called Christian narcissists or church narcissists, that's their favorite scripture, y'all. That's their favorite scripture to get that Leviathan, you know, spirit and twist that cater thing. Them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, to cater to them. Mm -hmm. uh, they feel like if you cut them off, then that means you're not being a good Christian. You didn't really forgive. That's right. And it's, that's not true. You can excuses. People. You can forgive people and never deal with them again. I don't have to. I don't have to sit out and eat at your table no more. Look, yeah. look, watch this. I don't have to go over there and pick, pick up a Pookie and Ray Ray. I don't have to do nothing. Yeah, you can. I mean, it's for forgiveness is more for you than for the other person. Right. For getting your heart posture mm -hmm. correct. Mm -hmm. You know, and that takes time. And if you're in the process of working through that trauma and healing right. and stuff. And you keep going back over there, exposing yourself to the people. It keeps picking at the scab, keeps right. picking at the wound. Right. You right. know, so and then you the person think that the, the person too also feels and stuff. Well, you know, they they may not be, you know, and and and, and, it, and it uh it uh it uh what's what's the word I'm looking for and stuff. It instigates them. It instigates yeah. them up because they're thinking now you 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 the person is private to what they're doing. And sometimes, like I said, that's what you call soul ties. Yeah. Oh, those, are, those are soul ties and so yeah. we have to break those you know it, it don't matter we have to break those and stuff we have to break those so i don't have nothing to do with it period yeah. no nothing to do oh you done change ain't so and so so nothing to do with it don't worry about, about what i done changed and stuff like that you already know what let what where i'm at and you know i still love you and the lord and stuff hey look you stay on your side of the fence uh, you ain't been over here and stuff. No, I ain't coming because the man told me to stop coming over at your house. Because <laughs> <laughs> how can two walk together except they agree? Come on here. Come on here. And stop agree, so we can't walk together. Yeah. God even, bless you, though. <laughs> that, that's right. That's right. Even if, look, I'm going to go a little deeper. Even if it's Mimo, if it's Mimo and God tell you, see, because Moses, it was it was after the, 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 the see, the father Moses's father and stuff, and we're gonna get off of here and stuff. We sitting up here, we done prophesied, we done had lunch, we done breakfast, we done did it all. Moses' father, he worshiped idol gods. God mm. didn't like that. And so yeah. God had to get in there and and uh, get, you know, because the father was the one that was headed for the land of Canaan first. Now, I didn't know that either until I got in that word. Oh, and Doug, okay. yes, ma'am, he was the first one before he even said, uh, uh, before he even said, uh, Abraham and stuff. 
Terra, his daddy, was the one that was headed for Canaan first, but the brother died. And when the uh -huh. brother died in Haran, that's where they stayed in that camp right there. They became stuck right there. In the, not saying that God told Terah to go to Canaan, but you know, there was water, grass, more food, blah, 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 in those types of uh, areas and locations and things. But you know, when, when that's the thing about it, that's the reason why he became the father of faith because he obeyed God so. He obeyed himself. And so when God tells us to separate, that's what we have to do. We have to separate. So anyway, I'm going to, um, we're going to finish this out. We certainly do not want to close this uh, show on the Kia with you sharing with the listeners of where to be able to find some of your books. I think you've published some books and what have you. You can mm -hmm. be able to share that and you can be able to share your social media handles and also where, um, share also with the listeners where they can find you if you want them to find okay. you on the website and things too. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, thank you, you so much. Ryan. Okay. So where you guys can find me, I have two websites. I have NakiaYoung.com. That's my main website. And then I have my company's website, VictoriousLivingSolutions.com. Mm -hmm. And on there, you will find all the information about my company. And there's also a section called podcast. I just launched a podcast, y'all. It took me a minute, but I did. I'm so excited. That's so right. that you can find the episodes to there on my website and also on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, and Anchor FM. You can find me on Instagram at Coach Nakia and then my other company page at Victorious Living Solutions. Uh, Facebook, I just got back on Facebook. Okay. Pastor, that's a whole different testimony. I got <laughs> hacked and kicked off and banned from Facebook and Instagram for like two years. Wow. It was nuts. Like, okay. okay. <laughs> but I'm back on there now. So, my Facebook, uh, Victorious Living Solutions, I have a page on there as well. And I'm doing some really exciting things. I hope to connect with you all on there. I'm trying to think, am I leaving anything out? Victorious Living Solutions. Um, Oh, there's a there's a contact form on there too if you're interested in being a guest on my podcast. Okay. Um, people can reach out there for that. And yeah, that's pretty okay. much it. Oh, books, books. Yeah, books. I have two books. So I have a book that I released in 2017 called the, uh, Virtue Chic, Classy Takes Center Stage. And it is an amazing book. It's geared towards Christian women, kind of Christian millennial women. Uh, young adult and adult women. It's the book that I wish somebody would have written when I was single. I talk about my whole testimony of growth and character development from a single person into marriage, into adulthood, wow. and just what it means basically to be a virtuous woman in the 21st century. Mm -hmm. What does that even look like? So okay. it's a really, it's a great book. It's different exercises at the end of each chapter to kind of coach you through. So that's available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble and wherever books are sold. I have another book that is coming out September 9th. It is not my book, but I am a co-author in the book and it's called The Mom's Truth. The Mom's Truth. Um, I was, uh, well, the chapter that I contributed to that book is called Mothering While Motherless. Okay. And I go into detail about my testimony and just different things that God has shown me as I'm trying to navigate this thing called motherhood okay. while not having a mother. And as you just heard, mm -hmm. having a contentious relationship with my in-laws. So the mother I thought I was going to have that way is just like, nah, I still don't have one. And just how to partner, how I've had to partner with God 
and different mentors he's given me in my path along the way to navigate motherhood. So it's really encouraging. All the chapters from the other co-authors in there are really good. Any issue you can think of having to do with being a mom, somebody in this book is talking about it. So okay. I'm really excited about that. That's not out yet. It's coming out September 9th, okay. but I'll have more information about that on my website as the time comes closer for that release. Okay. Okay, great. Well, we have a, had, had a wonderful time with you on today in Thank the studio you. series. I think, I think it kind of turned another way. And, and <laughs> that's though. what we got to do. We got to let the Holy Spirit come in and let him um, um, be um, the type of person that he desires to be. And I like it when it's like that. I really do. I love it. And so that's the reason why I kind of opened up and allowed him to flow how he wanted to through you. And then uh, when he came up and, and things, of course, I got to say whatever he told me to speak. And so, um, you, of, of course, I wish you all the best, you and your husband. You know, this is not going to be the last time that you're going to be on the show, of course. Okay. And um, I just appreciate um, all of the the willingness that you have to want to be able to come in and be able to help um, on the show with your nuggets, your tools, resources, and information, and also the things that you have triumphed uh, through through life is itself. So, um, listeners, uh, we'll be back on here next Tuesday, but you can also be uh, follow us uh, on Women Who Rock With Success Media this Thursday on September the 8th. Yes. And so um, thank you, everyone, for being here. And Nakia, you all have a wonderful day. Thank you, you too. Okay, great. Bullying. The Me Too movement against sexual harassment. Is this the best a man can get? Is it? We can't hide from it. It's been going on far too long. We can't laugh it off. What I actually think she's trying to say. Making the same old excuses. Boys will be boys. Boys will be boys. Boys will be boys. But something finally changed. Allegations regarding sexual assault and sexual harassment. And there will be no going back. Because we, we believe in the best in men. Men need to hold other men accountable. Smile, sweetie. Come on to say the right thing, to act the right way. Bro, not cool, not cool. Some already are. In ways big and small. I am strong. I am strong. But some is not enough. It's not how we treat each other, okay? Okay. Because the boys watching today will be the men.